1: Hey, Bills Mafia, we know there's only one topic every day, all Bills all the time. And now Matt Bovee and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking Bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. Hey, it's always
0: game day in Buffalo, except this week, because it wasn't a Sunday game again, it was a Saturday night, and there are different game days, they played Saturday and Thursday and Monday and Sunday and night and afternoon, Sal Capaccio here, WGR Sports Radio 550, Matt Bove, WKBW-TV, Channel 7, Matt, before I even welcome you in, I just have to say, can we start with the end and go back to the beginning, because you and I are literally hooking up here, looking at each other, recording this, right after Whatever the name is going to be to the Raiders win over the Patriots, and there better be a darn name for that ending.
1: There will be. That is one of the most iconic ways I have ever watched a game end. Incredible. Just and the fact that it's the Patriots is probably so poetic for so many Bills fans who are listening to this podcast. It feels like you have been on the wrong end of that game so many times, oh, and yeah. now you got to see it, and it was just glorious. It happened in slow motion as Jacoby Myers is lateraling the ball back. And Chandler Jones catches it. I just see Mac Jones there and I'm like, Oh my God, he's going to run him over. And then he shoves him into the ground and he goes, and it was oh, just the stiff arm. Oh, baby oh, Chandler poor guy, my Syracuse <laughs>
0: orange brethren. Oh my gosh. Chandler Jones. He's a, like technically a Rochester native, he's, right? He, I would say a, a kind of quasi Western New Yorker. I don't know. Central New Yorker, I guess you'd call him. Yeah. yeah Chandler Jones, John bone Jones, brother, by the way, Arthur Jones. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, and, uh, He has the stiff arm and I immediately tweeted, somebody needs to make a meme of Chandler Jones stiff arming Mac Jones right now. And of course I didn't even have to say it. Mina Kimes already had it. She had it out there
1: already. I had something too. It wasn't good though. I didn't have enough time to think of like a creative caption or anything with it. So I was trying to think of like what like encapsulates that perfectly of just you getting run over. Oh my gosh. It's going to be, you remember how crazy the butt fumble was it's going to be the butt fumble multiplied by 10 it's just such and it was also it perfectly wraps a bow on what was just a super fun crazy slate of sunday games and we're in the same boat because a lot of times the bills play on sunday and whether we're at the stadium or whether we're traveling there are very few sundays when i just get to sit at home and watch football. And today I woke up and I watched the World cup final. And that was one of the best sporting events ever. Then I watched the one o'clock games and there were some crazy games happening there. Then the four o'clock games, those were wild as well. So really from start to finish, I have been just a slug today. I haven't accomplished anything. Well, and
0: that goes hand in hand with kind of last night, Um, just basically You know how on Saturday night, uh, how late the game went, getting home. What was that like for you? Um, you know, getting home, getting to the stadium, all that.
1: So when did you get home? I
0: got home after two a.m. and I got to bed at four a.m. after writing my arrow up, arrow down
1: column. Okay, so I got home at around three fifteen. I left, so the game ended around eleven forty-five, which is really late for a game to end. Then we had the live post-game reaction on channel seven and that went for about 50 minutes so we weren't even off of the air until around 12 45 at that point we still had some stuff we had to do for our website and everything then it's probably like one fifteen, but we kind of go up so the pre- where the press box is, you can still look out and see the parking lot, and you can see Abbott Road, and you could see it was just still a mess. So we kind of just made the decision, like, listen, we're going to sit in our cars in traffic for a long, long time, or we can just sit here and talk and just have a cup of coffee and just hang out. So that's what we ended up doing. So I left around one forty-five, and I got home around 3.15. So it took me about an hour and a half. The weather was really bad, and the roads were really mm-hmm. bad. It was a really slow commute leaving the stadium last night.
0: Yeah, so I have friends in town. And one of them is a big dolphins fan actually. And I picked him up at the airport, brought him in. We've been hanging out, uh, him and another friend who's actually a Patriots fan. Unbelievable. Uh Patriots fan and a Dolphins fan here hanging out that I've been hanging out with all weekend. So after the game, you know, I don't, I don't have to sit in the press box like you do to kind of do all the stuff. And sometimes we do our podcast, but I like to get home, kind of write my column, but I also had Max and, um, wanted to get him home. You know, he's nine year old and it's past midnight and the game's over. And so, we waited, and it took a long time. Friends of ours have RV, an RV. We went in. We hung out in the RV for a while, got in the car, had some traffic, got home, and then started my column, got to bed at 4 a.m. And Matt, I never do this. I woke up at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning. I never do that.
1: I didn't sleep much. I'm probably running on like three hours of sleep because like you, I probably didn't get to bed until... Four four fifteen, but then I woke up and I just couldn't fall back asleep. And then I realized it was the World Cup final. And oh yeah, I'm not a, huge, I'm, not a I'm not a huge soccer guy, but I was like, yeah, it's the World's Cup final. You got to watch it. You got to watch it every four years. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm running on fumes right now. And I got to say, I know a lot of Bills fans are probably in the same boat of just like a really late night on Saturday, mm-hmm. a really weird day to your Sunday. It makes it a heck of a lot easier when they win, sale
0: Hundred percent and. That's why I wanted to start with the end and the beginning, because we know that the Bills did win, and we'll get to all of that in a minute. One of the other things I did was took my friends to a local sports bar where we watched all the one o'clock games, including, of course, the Chiefs and the Texans. And I really thought uh, we are going to do it. And I think that was the only thing that took a the joy out of this weekend, if you will. It would have been so much more joyous if the Chiefs would have lost and if the Bengals would have, but really more than if the Chiefs would have to the Texans. It didn't happen. Boy, of course, you know, Matt, I have compared and I've said many times the Chiefs kind of remind me of the Patriots during their dynasty where it just seems like they always snatch victory from the jaws of defeat in some way, shape or form. And they did that again.
1: I think that's a mark of a good team. And I think that's a mark of a team that just knows ways to win. And I think sometimes that's overblown. I remember we spent a lot of time talking about the bills and one possession games. And if it was a big concern of ours and we both kind of said like, yeah, it's something that you should talk about, but it's not something that we're overly concerned with. But I think that the counterpoint to that is there are teams that know how to win close games. And the chiefs are one of those teams. I am always confident if the chiefs are within 10 points, even in the fourth quarter until there's like five minutes left on the clock. I always assume that the chiefs are going to win. And I've started to feel that way a little bit about the bills, maybe not quite to the level that I feel it about the chiefs, but it's the perfect comparison when they went down eight to Miami on Saturday night. And then Josh hit the big run. I think to myself, Oh my God, they're like, they're going to tie the game and somehow they're going to win it. I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. So I never really thought when it was, when it was early in the game and Houston was playing well, I was like, yeah, maybe something to monitor. And then the Bengals. The box just folded. I thought that I don't feel the same way about the box that I do about the Texans. Like the right. Texans might be the worst team in the NFL. I think the Bucs might be a bottom 10 team in the NFL, but you spot them 17 points at home. I'm thinking, okay, maybe Cincinnati loses this game. That makes it very, very interesting. That didn't happen. The good news, though, Bills fans, is three games left. You control your own destiny, and you got the one seed. You're eleven and three right now. You're going to the playoffs. That happened. We haven't even mentioned that. I think it's so much of a foregone conclusion that we're ten minutes into this and we haven't even mentioned that the Bills have clinched a playoff spot for the fourth consecutive season. So I think that speaks to like just how high the standard is now and how big the expectations are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. I, but I, I never was watching that Houston Chiefs game thinking that Houston was actually going to win. I didn't think so either, but I was certainly hoping for it and
0: guarding. I have some more of a guard. Like I say, God, they can't really do it. They can't really do it. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And they didn't. And now let's take a look at the current up-to-date AFC seating. We'll get to yeah. how the bills won as well. The bills do hold the number one seed in the AFC at 11 and three. They're tied with Kansas city, but of course they have the tiebreaker And Cincinnati's right there knocking on the door, Matt. And we are trending maybe towards that Monday night game in Cincinnati in two weeks, January 2nd for being t- for the number one seed. Or, I mean, the Bills could literally fall to three if that happens, because if they lose, obviously Kansas City could jump them. But as I've been saying here, I actually predicted a few weeks ago that all these teams would lose one more game, at least, including the Bills. But I mean, that's the game at the end of the year, because it doesn't matter, and they're resting players. But I still think that this is not as easy as people think for either Kansas City or Cincinnati. Cincinnati goes to New England next week. I know what we just saw from New England. It's not an easy task. I mean, they could still, you know, wind up losing that game. What else do they do? Um, they have Buffalo and then the final week, they had the Baltimore Ravens who could be fighting for their playoff lives. And of course, the Kansas City Chiefs, everybody says how easy their schedule looks. Well, look, they almost lost to both the Broncos and Texans in back-to-back weeks, and they still have the Broncos one more time. The Seahawks, who can score points, and the Raiders who always give them fits. So I-, I don't think this thing is over by any means. I think there's still a lot of football to play.
1: And I think too the circumstances that these teams are playing each other become so imperative because Vegas today gets a win that keeps them still in the playoff hunt. So that last game of the season could matter a lot for the uh, Raiders. Same thing with new England, new England, when they play Cincinnati, new England is fighting just to stay alive at this point, they need to get a win. And because they lost to Vegas today, that becomes a must win for them. The one thing I will say about the standings. So right now the bills are one Kansas city, two Cincinnati, three, Tennessee four. the Titans are frauds. And then the. Fifth, six, and seven. So the three wild card teams right now are Baltimore, the Chargers, in Miami. If you're the Bills, I don't know about you, Sal. Those three last wild card teams: the uh, Ravens, Chargers, the Dolphins. I would be the most scared of the Dolphins. Hmm. Raiders, Chargers, Dolphins, Raven, Ravens, oh, oh, Ravens, hmm. Ravens, Chargers, Dolphins.
0: Okay. I think I might
1: no, say Chargers I mean,
0: because they just have so many weapons, but yet they just, they, they don't put it together right enough. They did win against, they did win Sunday against the Titans. That was nice. And then the Ravens are factor Ravens have the X factor with Lamar. It's just so tough. I, I think I want to agree only because it's fresh in my mind what happened on Saturday night. And the fact that the dolphins can obviously score points, but I still think the bills they'll get to 30 points against this yeah. Dolphins defense still. I, and I, I don't know. And then we put, I think you're probably right. I wanna I wanna leave a little room to say though, I think the Ravens with a healthy Lamar to me, because they I think have the best defense of that group, and then Lamar only yeah. takes his one or two plays or him to change a game.
1: So if you look at the way the standings are set up now, the matchups would be the Bills on a bye week, which is of course what all Bills fans want. Right. It would be the Dolphins at the Chiefs in the wild card round, which would be an unbelievable game. It you would be so? Oh, I story think the so.
0: storyline would be would it be an unbelievable game for some reason? I just think, admittedly, you are higher on the Dolphins than me, but maybe yeah. watching this week, last week I was like C Matt, this week you're like C Sal, right? You know I mean, because of, with the yeah. Dolphins, I, the storylines would be amazing because of Tyreek, obviously.
1: Yeah, that's what, yeah,
0: 100%. But do you think it would be
1: a great game? I think that I've watched the Chiefs struggle stopping bad offenses. Yep. And I do not think the Dolphins have a bad offense. I think they're pretty dynamic. So if I think they want that they can come to Buffalo. Be, yeah. So let's say they don't, you know, and we're, we're really ahead of ourselves now. Like they still have three games that they need to win, but you would also have the chargers going to the bangles. And if you're the bangles, mm-hmm. you're like, crap, that's yeah. a tough first round matchup, a yes, wild card game. And then you'd have the Ravens and the Titans. And if you're the bills, you're kind of just sitting there licking your chops, hoping that everything goes chalk. And you're like, okay, we'll host the, Ravens or the Titans in right. Buffalo to go to the AFC championship. Two teams that they have already beaten this year. So
0: and, and also, on top of that, if everything went chalk there, one of Chiefs Bengals knocks themselves out, gets knocked out because they're be playing each other. So yeah, also, but you also, you'd also be guaranteed to play one of them though in the in the championship game.
1: Also Cincinnati still remains, you know, that, that game is in two weeks. The bills have beaten the chiefs in a playoff spot. They've beaten the Titans in a playoff spot. They've beaten the Ravens in a playoff spot. They have not played the chargers. They're in a playoff spot and they've split with the dolphins. So the bills have had success yes. against the other teams that are in the AFC playoff picture. Well, let me put in even, um,
0: a little bit of a, a mathematical term. If you look at the entire AFC, okay. And you go strength of, Victory that means, like, if you take all the teams you've beaten, take their win loss percentage. Oh, wow, that's ridiculous. I'm looking Buffalo at it now. Wow, Buffalo Bills have the second highest in the entire conference. Only two teams are even over 500 the Bills at 507, and the Jacksonville Jaguars at 530, who are playing great football right now. By the way, strength of schedule, just strength of schedule. Take all the teams you played, their win loss percentage. Miami has a higher strength of schedule, Jets have a straight higher strength of schedule. Uh, pittsburgh and i think g and not jackson and and that's it so three so the bills are right up there they're beating good teams they beat a good team the miami dolphins on saturday matt you just referenced it Mm for a playoff spot they've clinched the playoff spot they're very very close to clinching the division they could do that saturday christmas eve in chicago let's talk about what happened on saturday night in a snow globe in orchard park
1: another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check
0: Hey, it's Sal Capaccio from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. It's not just a podcast, it's the 25th hour of your day. Your weekly source for all things Buffalo Bills. Right on time, your time. In the car? Navigate the streets with NFL wisdom in your ear. We accompany every errand you need to run. Washing the windows or vacuuming the carpets? Don't just clean, conquer. Podcasts make you more productive because we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow It's Always Game Day in Buffalo in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Never a doubt, Sal. Never did we think that that game was in jeopardy for the Bills. Give them credit, though. They pulled it off. It was a weird one because the first half, it looks like, wow, this offense is clicking again. This is the thing that we haven't seen in a couple weeks. Good to see them kind of bounce back and have one of these type of performances. Then Mitch Morris got hurt. He got a concussion. He left the game. The offensive line started to struggle. The offense went an entire third quarter without scoring any points. And then that's when the Dolphins, I believe, scored 16 unanswered to take an eight-point lead going into the fourth quarter. Josh Allen, though, never count him out. He's that guy.
0: He's incredible. He's incredible. He's such a warrior, Matt. You know, his, his game, his statistics were good enough. 25 of 40, that's 62%, 304 yards, four touchdowns. No interceptions. He also ran, by the way, for seventy-seven <laughs> yards. Yep, three hundred eighty-one yards of offense. Um, he did turn the ball over once, but I, on top of that, the biggest thing is I don't know truly if I've ever like been this close around. I guess meaning like a Buffalo athlete mm-hmm. who just seems like they are that guy, as you've referenced to, that always seems to come up clutch when you need to come up clutch, maybe Dominic Hasek did many times, right? I don't know, but you know, that's through a whole game because he was the only guy right? he had to make save after save. I mean, like when the chips are down, you need a play. This guy's competitiveness. He is such a warrior. It is incredible. And he just said in the fourth quarter with the snow starting to come down, get on my back. I am taking this thing home. And he did it. And the best part was, Sean McDermott and Ken Dorsey didn't stop him from doing it. They called plays. They called his number. They gave him the trust to throw the ball in the snow, to run the ball on design runs, to run it and leap over people. And they didn't care. And I think that was the best part of this whole night of Josh Allen, what he did, that everyone was on board and say, you go do it, dude.
1: I think that there is just such a respect for what he can do inside that locker room and with that coaching staff that they know listen there are times when there are mistakes made there are times when it's not the safest thing to do whether you're taking these hits and you're not sliding and you're doing all this crazy stuff but that is the josh allen experience i had a conversation with our old pal marcel from now the dolphins beat used to cover the bills and it was after the game yesterday and I told him, we were just talking about kind of the beat and everything that was going on. And I was like, what has happened in the time that you have left is Josh has become one of those players that when the lights shine the brightest and the stage is the biggest, he always steps up. Like there were glimpses of that in 2020 when Marcel was still here, when it was the COVID year and they were starting to trend into this team that's a Super Bowl contender, not a playoff contender. But then 2021 and then of course the playoffs and then this season in the big moments josh allen almost always steps up and i think that is something that always gives this team a chance and once again they're going into the playoffs we don't know what seed they're going to be into the playoffs it does not feel like this team has played its best football for these last couple weeks yet they're on this incredible win streak but i think they'll always have a chance because of number 17 and that goes back to the von miller injury and the micah Hyde injury and all of these things yes it makes it more difficult for them to ultimately win a Super Bowl and get to a Super Bowl. But as long as you got 17, you got a chance because that guy can take over a game in an instant and he can just become unstoppable. And that's what we saw on Saturday in the fourth quarter against the Dolphins. How about the environment, the weather, the fans?
0: Look, not great to be throwing snowballs. And it wasn't a great look. No, I was like, I'm not going to sit here and start bashing all you bills fans out there that, you know, saying like, we have terrible fans. That's of course not right. The best fan base in the league. There's no doubt about it, but I will tell you, it was very dangerous. And Matt, I got hit pretty hard in the back of my head on my neck. Didn't feel good, but you know, I got over it. There were some people who were getting hit and getting hit pretty hard. And one was the cameraman sitting on top of the, the Fox, um, on the, on the pedestal up there, got hit like near his eye. Like we have to be better than that. We can't do that. But what I did love Right. So that's my public service announcement. Don't do that. Stop doing that. Almost cost the bills, by the way, penalties on top of that. But I did love the environment of the snow being thrown in the air. And when they scored, sweet. I mean, that, that, that's what it should be about. That's what we should be to be embracing when it comes to having games like that in Buffalo. And I'm all for that, man. And that looked super cool when the bills were scoring touchdowns and, and especially, you know, um, when the snow first started and you could and it was it becoming
1: like around the whole stadium. I have a friend who moved to Florida... At the beginning of the season and I was messaging him this morning Sunday morning and he said that he's only had FOMO twice since he moved to Florida and once was the home opener and then the second time was last night as he was watching the game against the Dolphins just with the atmosphere with the way that they were able to win it was just kind of this perfect setting for the bills to clinch a playoff spot in the fourth quarter they tie the game then it starts to snow then they go down the fields they win the game Tyler Bass kicks the game winning field goal he slides is a celebration. It takes us back to the Max O'Fenoghen off slide in two thousand and seven yes. against the Rangers when he scores an overtime. I love it. And Never it,
0: thought about and, that. That's a and good it's one. Just,
1: and it's just this awesome, really cool. And that's the thing. Like we were just talking about before, how tough it was to get home. But I can't imagine that all of those Bills fans who are sitting there stuck in traffic are just with their friends. They're with their families. They're in their cars. They're getting home, and they're just like, "Wow." That was awesome. I I had another friend who messaged me Saturday and asked if he thought it was a good idea to go to the game. He's like, tickets are dropping in prices. Do you think I should go? Like, what are you hearing weather wise? And I was like, listen, I don't know what it's going to be like, but I can tell you the 2017 Colts game was one of the most memorable sporting events I've ever been to. So I am always like, I want to be part of things like that. And this did not even get close to that level, but it still ended up being a great game against an a really kind of on the rise team, a division rival in prime time, and they clinched a the playoff spot. So all of the stuff was, it checked all the boxes just to be an outstanding game. If you're a bills fan,
0: let's talk about other players and things that happened in this game. Uh, Dawson Knox, his best game of the season. Second best of his career. As far as yards, um, you know, 96 yards came close to a hundred, had a important touchdown, obviously at the end of the game. From Josh Allen. That mm-hmm. was nice to see. Cole Beasley comes back, has one catch, but he was a part of the game 11 times on the field, 11 snaps. I wonder how that looks like going forward. That would be interesting. Uh, Tredavious White got beat a couple times, also had several nice pass breakups, actually led uh, the entire game with pass breakups. But things didn't go so right on the defensive end plenty of times, Matt, including. Raheem Oster just running through the defense several times. Missed tackles all over the place. Tamar Hamlin with some bad angles. Cam Lewis on special teams. What was he thinking? Um, any concerns for you from what you saw from the defense, from the, the special teams player, anything else, even from
1: the offense? They really miss Micah Hyde. Yeah, and we can be complimentary at times about what Tamar Hamlin has brought them, but they really miss Micah Hyde, whether yeah. it's on the deep balls they're getting beat on. I mean, I think back to, it was the game against the Falcons, I think in 2017, and the Falcons were just coming off of their trip to the Super Bowl. And the Bills went into that game, and Micah Hyde had these interceptions over the top. And yeah, it felt like that's from that right. moment It felt like from that moment on, this team just doesn't get beat over the top. And it really, really rarely happened. Yeah. And now we see it happen. Pretty frequently. We've seen it happen twice against the Dolphins on Saturday night. We saw it happen in the first matchup, and that was the backbreaking play that cost them just because, you know, that's not something that Hamlin is to the level of that Hyde is just getting over to those balls or being that ball hawk. So, I think there were some bad angles taken. I think my biggest concern besides the deep balls that they're giving up are just the tackling and the poor tackling that that we saw time and time again, and it's been bad all year. So I don't think it's necessarily a one-off, which is concerning. And I think it is especially concerning when you're getting ready to go to Chicago next week against Justin Fields, who is very elusive and who can make a bunch of plays. And then you're a better team than the bears, but that's how you let teams that aren't good, hang around by missing tackles and making sloppy plays and mistakes. So I think those are some of the concerns that I have defensively, offensively, Just these weird little lulls that they get into. The offensive line yesterday struggled. Now, part of that was because of Mitch Morse leaving, and they were without Ryan Bates. It changed drastically after Morse went out. I
0: mean, it changed drastically.
1: They they really struggled after he
0: went out, and of course, they were already without uh, Ryan Bates, so that made it worse, obviously.
1: Yeah, and I mean, Mitch Morse is dealing with a concussion, so concussion protocol. We 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 know that Sean
0: McDermott did announce that, and he'll remain there throughout the week, and we'll see how that progresses.
1: Concussions are weird, so we have no clue when he'll be back. Concussions are like just go get healthy. Don't think about football until you're healthy. At that point, especially for him, because he does have a little bit of a concussion history. So there's just a lot of layers to it. But we do want to mention Sal the Ike Butker news. It seems like we're going to see Ike Butker kind of back on the fifty three soon, right?
0: Yeah, I think so. So the Bills, he cannot practice anymore. His window has closed. But they did did have a one day grace period from the day his window closed, which was Saturday, to activate him. But what's weird is. Sunday would be that day, but the NFL does not announce any transactions on Sunday. There's no actual transaction wire, unless it's COVID-related, for Sunday. So basically, the Bills can submit the paperwork to the league on Sunday and say we're activating Ike Butker, but we might not find out until Monday, until either it's on the transaction wire or the team announces it, whichever one it is. I'm expecting one of those two things to happen. I'm assuming, as we record this, that the the Bills have already done this transaction with the league, but that we won't find out
1: until Monday, because as we sit here today, we have not heard anything officially. So that would obviously give the bills a little bit more versatility, more options. If they are dealing with a Mitch Morse injury, Ryan Bates, improving is what Sean McDermott said when he spoke to reporters on Sunday. We don't necessarily know the timeline there. I don't necessarily think it's going to be a very long-term thing because he wasn't had, he didn't have any injury designation or placed on IR or anything like that. So I don't know if we'll see him this week, but I would imagine we see him sometime in the next couple weeks. So they're going to have to get creative. I do think that even with a banged up offensive line, you should be good enough to go into Chicago and win a game. But you want to make sure that you're getting healthy as the playoffs get here. So that's our little offensive line tangent. What about Sal? Anybody besides Josh that really stood out for the right reasons on Saturday night? Yeah, for sure. Um, how about Quitt Morris's catch? That was absolutely- yeah, it was great. Quentin Morris had a, his first
0: touchdown catch in the NFL, his first touchdown in the NFL. Naeem Hines had his first touchdown as a member of the Buffalo bills. He also did a very nice job. I'll tell you funny, pretty funny. I was in the locker room after the game as you were, and I was talking with Naeem Hines and I said, I mean, what's it like to catch a punt when the snow is pounding in the face, you're under the lights, you're looking up, it's a dark sky, it's a little bit windy. And he said to me, he goes, Well, you know, I'm one of the best in the league at doing it, so I just do it. <laughs> I'm like, Yeah, hey, the best in the league, right? Um, he's very, that. very good at it, and that's why he um I think that's why why the Bills traded for him. Uh just some,
1: I, yeah, go ahead. Can I add one more person? Yeah. Kyir Elam. Big day for Kyrie Elam. Do you Saturday like the way he night. played? I like the way he played. I think Kyrie Elam, that was a nice little bounce back game for him, considering he was inactive a couple right. weeks ago when they played against the Patriots and barely saw any time when they played against the Jets. I think that Kyrie Elam deserves a bigger role moving forward with this team. I think that having him and Trey until Christian Benford gets back and then you have some sort of rotation, I just felt like they were better with Elam on the field than they were with Dane Jackson on the field.
0: I would also add Tyler Bass here in those conditions. The entire operation, Reed Ferguson, Sam Martin, Tyler Bass. Sam Martin actually had some nice punts. Like when they came off the foot, I'd hear people go, oh, he did exactly what he's supposed to do. He put the ball where he's supposed to put it, did a really nice job. Sam Martin putting the ball. He was also the holder, obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ferguson, the snap. And then, of course, Tyler Bass converting all his kicks, including the game winner. And then, of course, he has that slide. The Bills were also very, very good in the red zone again. Matt, the last four weeks combined, how about this? The bills have gone from, they were 23rd ranked in the league in red zone offense. Not a good job. uh, Four weeks ago, the last four weeks, 11 of 13 and the only two misses the one that got batted up and it it tipped and intercepted in Detroit. And then Devin Singletary goes down on purpose to kick the winning field goal. That was a red zone. Oh, Oh
1: wow. Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have even thought of that and really heads up play by Devin Singletary there too, just to make sure that he went down and give yourself just the chance to kick the field goal at the end of regulation. No, I mean, yeah, I think that there is there are steps in the right direction, especially with the red zone offense. I still need to see more continued production from the offense and not have these little spurts in games where they struggle against the Jets. It was basically the entire first half against the – uh, dolphins. It was the third quarter. And then they had the sack on their first possession, I believe in the fourth quarter, the Jalen Phillips forced fumble. So it took them a little bit. It took a little bit of adversity to kind of get them to snap out of it. And it, you know, took Josh putting his superhero cape on, but you know, uh, we're being nitpicky about a team right. that's 11 and three. You know. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, I think back to last year, remember they
0: were seven and six after 13 and they went on a four game lo- winning streak. Obviously and they went up 11 and six, they're 11 and three already this year after 14 games and a lot of things went right. Um, There were some things that obviously we can look at and say, they have to be a little bit better at, but again, I'll go back to Matt. I say this every week. I said on the radio, every Monday on the extra point show, especially after the Bills struggle or win a close game, I say, look around the league. It's not, it's not just your team, right? Look, if you're in Kansas city doing this podcast, if you're doing it's always game day in Kansas city, or you're on the ABC affiliate in Kansas city or the Mm -hmm. radio station, in Kansas city, aren't you going, Oh my God, what's wrong with our team? We can't, we are allowing the Denver Broncos and te- Houston Texans almost beat us. That's what's happening there. You look, if you're in Cincinnati, you're feeling really good about the wins, but you're like, man, we got to have some struggles here to go through this. Like nobody's perfect.
1: No. I mean, even look Dallas, they were a huge yeah. favorite against Jacksonville. Yes. They lost in overtime Philly, all that they could handle from the bears. who The yes. bills are going to play. It, it's pretty common. Like this is kind of just life in the NFL. And I think that, Also speaks to how good the bills are because they're 11 and three. So even with those life in the NFL moments, they're getting wins and their three losses are a combined eight points. It's not like they've gotten blown out in any games. They haven't had one of those Colts games of last year or whatever game was the Colts game that they got blown out in 2020 or 2021.
0: It was last year. Yeah.
1: It was last year, 21. So yeah, they haven't had one of those games.
0: So can can I point out, After how many times did we hear early in the season about one score games and 21, 22 and one score games? Let's check in on the bills and uh, one score games now. Oh, yeah. Another win. They've just been winning one score games. They beat the Dolphins by one score, beat the Jets by one score, beat the Lions by one score, beat the Browns by one score. They've been winning one score games now. Um, There's nothing different necessarily Sean McDermott's doing. I was always on the side of, no, don't tell me it's about decision-making. And if you knew the analytics, no, that's not what it is. It's literally execution in critical moments. That's what it is. That's what determines one score games and backdoor one score games, right? Cleveland made it a one score game late. It goes down as a one score game, even though bills actually had that game in hand late.
1: Yeah. I I think that trending in the right direction. I think you can't slip up this week, right? You're a better, you're a better team than the bears. You need to go handle your business. You need to let everybody who's a, bills fan to have a nice little holiday break that they can enjoy a bills win on. And then your all systems go for that massive game on January 2nd against the Bengals. But the game on January 2nd is only massive if you beat the bears. So that's why you need to handle your business first. And then you start to think about the Bengals in the playoff matchups and the one seed and all of that stuff. Just don't get there yet. So there's another reason why the game is
0: massive. I'll tell you about that here soon. All right, let me tell you about why this game is massive in Chicago. It's going to be massively bad weather. I don't Ugh. know if you've seen the forecast. Um, I, I've Matt, heard it's going to be very, cold. Not just that, but now the latest winter storm, 30-mile-an-hour winds, and plenty of snow. And 10 degrees for a high. Way more than anything we've had here in Buffalo for this, for this game we were talking about.
1: Hot in that, sta-
0: of 10 in degrees. that stadium
1: Stadiums r- right on the water. Fact.
0: In fact, let me just um, read you a tweet that I saw. I'm going to, who is this? This is a weatherman named Tom Niziol. Tom Niziol is retired winter weather expert, weather channel meteorologist in charge from Buffalo, New York. All right, so Tom says, i me to read this to you. This is on Sunday nights we sit here regardless of timing differences let me ask you this Matt. when are you you're going to Chicago right
1: yeah okay yeah I get it I get in Friday morning early Friday morning
0: and I'm on the team charter which will be Friday evening it says yeah. regardless of timing differences I would not be planning to fly in or out of through Chicago's hub airports at the end of this week adjust your planes accordingly you have had plenty of warning I don't know what that means other than we're gonna have a pr- tough time traveling in and out on Christmas
1: Eve. And potentially Christmas Day, I guess. Uh, I really don't want to miss Christmas. I know. Um, and by I don't the way, think you have going any... to
0: impact a football game and how the Buffalo Bills play and the Chicago Bears play.
1: I don't think you have anything to worry about being on the team charter, but traveling commercially, I think that I absolutely have things to be concerned about because it's already one of the busiest travel days of the year, and then you add weather into the mix. Ooh, great. Yeah. Cool. Uh, this I... year, this, <laughs> this season has been ridiculous from just the late game yesterday in the weather. It was fun. It was a cool atmosphere. The back-to-back games in Detroit, just now this, I, uh, There is something to be said about just missing Sunday one o'clock games when the Bills are in the hunt in December and not all of these different time slots that they play in these days.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be really interesting. This is gonna be a weather event. Apparently, we're gonna be on top of this. And of course, obviously, lots of Bills fans that might be heading to the game as well, live in the Midwest, and this is their time to chance to see their team. And, you know, you're gonna have this weather situation. So we'll stay on top of that. But as of right now, very windy. Very cold, very cold, like lows overnight below zero and snow, a winter storm coming to Chicago for the bills game on Christmas Eve. All right. So let's take a look real quick again. Let's refresh and just talk about how the AFC East and how the AFC looks. And then we'll get to some questions as well. Uh, The bills, they are the number one seed. They can clinch the division next week. They will clinch the division with a victory over the Chicago bears, or they will clinch with a loss by the Miami dolphins who play on Christmas day against the green Bay Packers. It's very possible that could happen. So the bill's magic number, if you will, is one, they're 11 and three. they are a full three games clear of Miami. The only way the bills can lose the division at this point is if they lose out and Miami wins out because Miami would then have a better division record. So that's where they stand going into Saturday.
1: Yeah. uh, The, And then when you just look at the AFC East, so the Jets and the Patriots, so every team in the AFC East lost this weekend, except for the Bills, the Jets and the Patriots are still in the eight and nine spot in the AFC at seven and seven. Miami's in the last playoff spot at eight and six. Miami still plays both of those teams. So if you're Miami, you get to control your own destiny by playing those two teams. But if you're those other teams, you have a chance of kind of controlling your own destiny if you get a win against Miami. So those games become ultra important in these next couple weeks here. So I think of the teams left, I think the Jets have a pretty hard schedule. Let me check the Jets schedule. The Jets play the Jags, who I would not want to deal with on Thursday night football. Then they play at the Seahawks, and then they host the or at the dolphins the last week of the year. So those are pretty tough games for the jets who, by the way, after a really nice start have lost one, two, three, four, five straight games. Or wait, no, excuse me. I'm sorry. They beat the bears. They've lost three straight games, but they've lost four out of their last five. Uh, so it's going to really come down to the wire for those other teams in the division. But if you're listening in Buffalo or wherever you're listening to, Bills are going to the playoffs. We just don't know what seat they're going to be. We are going to
0: answer some questions from you. You could tweet us at Sal Sports or at Matt underscore Bove. I know you throw out the tweet all the time. We're going to set up the pod and do that. I have one to start us off with, though. Um, Matt, are you sad, angry, or happy for the Minnesota Vikings breaking the Buffalo Bills all-time record for the greatest comeback in NFL history, overcoming a 33-point deficit to beat the Indianapolis Colts. The Bills' record lasted 29 years, 11 months, and 15 days.
1: I'll say I'm sad just because it's this moment that has lived in – like kind of lore for all of these years, whether it was in Buffalo or it was in just other parts of the country. So it stinks that it got broken, but eventually it was going to get broken anyway. Let me tell you though, if Frank Reich was still the coach of the Colts, that would have never happened on the sideline. He would have made it personal as he saw that that comeback was starting to That's get right. uh, get threatened a bit. He might've suited up and went onto the field and made sure that they didn't lose that game. So yeah, I think it stinks, but whatever. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> All right. What do you got for us?
0: All right. So by the way, let me say, it, <laughs> I, I I'm sad about it because it's exactly all the words you said, but I find solace in trying to find the positive and say the Bills still hold the greatest postseason comeback. And we all know that it was more meaningful in that game.
1: So there Exactly. You go. exactly. This one's from Allie. Why is Cam Lewis still active week to week, especially now that Dean Marlowe is back, which is a very fair question, especially given the mistake that Cam made yesterday.
0: Hmm. I think my guess is cam is more used on certain special teams that they want. Dean is more of a safety, safety, a safety valve, safety, like that. They, Hey, have a guy, if there's an injury, we can elevate, we can activate him, We can have him active for the game. Cam. It's not about defense. Cam can do that stuff. I think it's because cam plays certain roles on special teams. that D Marlowe doesn't. And I understand fans going, Oh, come on. What, what, what is that? Why can't you replace him? I get it. The bills very much value certain spots or there's poor special teamers. And I would say the reason is because cam plays those roles. that D Marlo can't.
1: Yeah. All right. This is from Laura. What's the expiration date on attempts to burn bills fans with zero and four in super bowls. And that, that, you think, know why this is happening, right? Why this question came up.
0: I don't. Okay. Let me tell you, I was, just all over the Patriots and their in their fit. Just, I was tweeting all about the Patriots losing the way they did to the Raiders. As soon as it happened. In fact, Matt, you said, Hey, I'm ready to record whenever you are. And I literally texted back to you. Give me some more time to fire off some more tweets, making fun of the Patriots because it was so fun for me to do that. So yeah. of course, I was doing that and I could be a bit of a, a Patriot fan antagonizer sometime. That's why. Mm-hmm. And literally the first response from a Patriots fan was oh, for forward Super Bowls. My response was fire Belichick hashtag fire Belichick with laughing emojis.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, I, I am of the, this is, I'm not taking a shot at you. I have always felt this way as somebody who is not a Yankees fan, that Yankees fans lean right. on the championships far yeah. more than they should. But that is what makes sports so fun because like, you know, I'm from Buffalo I've never seen the Bills win a super bowl or the Sabres win a Stanley Cubs. So like, that is the very very common shot back. And I don't disagree with you.
0: I'm not that fan, but I don't disagree with what you're saying.
1: I think there needs to be just a understanding of what is relevant and what isn't like, that is a very low hanging fruit clap back to somebody who is a fan of a certain team or a fan of a certain city's sports teams or whatever it is. But like, if you're somebody who roots for the bills, you have had a much better last 5 years than a lot of other fan bases. So I think it's weird when people are like oh and four and Super Bowls. There are Bills fans who weren't even alive for that. I I am 30 and I don't remember any of that. So I, when you know when people bring it up to me, oh yeah, the four Super Bowls. I was like I was 2 years old for the wow. last one. I'm glad you say
0: this because my Dolphins fan friend who's here He's a little bit older than me, and he's – he just like many Dolphins fans, he constantly – his retort is always about the only undefeated team,
1: the only Oh, team. my I'm like, gosh. Dude, I'm oh. going to
0: be 50 in April, and it was before I was born. Like, I know. who cares now?
1: I know. And did yeah, you ever see the Kyle Brandt's commentary yes. on the yes. – I thought that was pretty spot on. I did too, and just, what he basically
0: said was that he, they, they – they, they, the, the old – the urban legend, it's not a real legend. They've done this, but not maybe to the level people think – they get together and pop champagne whenever the last team loses. And he says that's celebrating others' failures instead of others' accomplishments. And it's kind of right, right, that it, to put it like that. But anyway, the whole point is, though, it's so far and long ago. I get it. You did this. It's a great record. But, oh, my God, it was 50 years ago, and you're going to tell me about it. And that's what you have to hold up.
1: Yeah, well, people are people like to find weird things, too. Take jabs about. All right, let's end with this one. All right. What's that? Well, I guess we got we got two that we'll end with. This is from D Rob. What is the plan if Morris is out for the season and Bates at center, left guard? Well, I didn't read the season part, so I don't think that. Let's just say adds, he's out there. Let's, just say he, yeah. let's say he misses a game or two. I would imagine. Bates I'll tell you making... why,
0: Matt. It is important to point out. Mitch Morris has had con- concussions. In yes, his he has. Yes. So, he has. so I think this is one to monitor, maybe even a little bit more than other concussions. As serious as any concussion is. Bates to me would be the guy to go there and then maybe, and then Ike Butker at guard. I think the key is Ike Butker here and getting him active as we talked about.
1: Yes, I agree. And I think that that's one of those pieces. Ryan Bates maybe has not been as consistently solid as some bills fans were hoping at guard this year. But one of the biggest reasons why he was brought back was because of the versatility for moments like this, where you can just slide him over to center now he's not going to be playing the caliber that Mitch Morse is playing because Mitch Morse is their best offensive lineman right now but he'll still be playing better than what they had in the second half yesterday so I tend to agree that I would think that that's the plan and then Sal this is the really important last one for Mark oh, when no. posed with the bacon or sausage question at brunch what is the call bacon bacon sausage
0: come on dude bacon sauce sausage okay. Do you prefer sausage patty or sausage like roll? You know, like a hot dog sausage. It, what do you call those? It's things? a links. links.
1: Links. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry. It depends on what the what you're eating them with. Now, if you're sitting there eating like a breakfast sandwich, you would want a patty, of course. There's more surface what area. What about just like next to eggs and hash browns or something?
0: Potatoes. Standalone Fun. a la carte links or patties.
1: I think if you get the same amount of patties, you go with patties because they're usually bigger. But if it's like you get two patties or three links, then you go links. And I don't know how you would know that when you're ordering food at a restaurant. So I would say links is probably the safer bet. But I do like a nice patty. You're I I've you're never. You're going about
0: this all wrong. You're going about this all wrong. Here, this is
1: I the answer. I okay? never get bacon. Go ahead. First of all,
0: that's ridiculous. Okay, never. it's bacon. Do you not like bacon? I don't dislike bacon. When I order a hamburger, I try to get bacon and
1: mushrooms on it. I love a bacon mushroom. I I think bacon is incredibly overrated. (laughs) We
0: didn't end the podcast. I just went silent. All right. Aside from your egregious take here about bacon, let me get to the sausage links versus patty argument yeah if it's just a standalone with the breakfast, the correct answer has to be links because if you like you have to get up or leave or something you don't take the patty and start eating it. that looks weird. you take the link and you can just put it in your mouth and eat it like it's a french fry basically you know what I mean It's a stick and it doesn't look odd and you can just kind of carry it with you it's it's more who is,
1: who is that finishing their meal? maybe me I'm an active guy <laughs> I, yeah, but I don't know. I, I don't know if it's. I've never thought about that Even if I just have to use my much.
0: hand in some sort, I just grab it and I eat it. Yeah,
1: you no, know, you can do that. I I don't think that either way. I think in either form, it's still better than bacon. No way. I think so. You know. You know well, do you come up to the press box before games? Once in a while, there is a breakfast buffet for normal games, and there are all of your normal due breakfast to my foods. Radio duties. I generally cannot. Be there for that there is there are eggs there yep. are home fries there are bacon and there are sausage yep i go for i go for the sausage every time
0: i go for the bacon every time but i might have some sausage i don't despise sausage i like sausage but i like bacon a whole hell of a lot more and i can have bacon like all time of the day i can eat it on something with lunch like a hamburger i can have it with something with dinner like a hamburger or something else
1: i mean well you're just yeah but you're lumping you're you're lumping here, you can eat sausage all times a day. It's just different kind of sausage. Like if you want a nice Italian true. sausage, that is true. you could that have is true. all right. It's true. But this is going to be my final question based off of finishing off of this last conversation. Okay. What is your ideal breakfast sandwich? So the things on the breakfast sandwich and then the the carb. Easy. Go ahead. It is a
0: everything bagel. Okay. With egg, like a scrambled egg mm-hmm. with bacon, no cheese. I'm not a big cheese guy. Sorry. It just doesn't sit well. Um, I know I'm Italian. I know people that stinks, but I'm just mm-hmm. one of these guys. I can't, can't do a lot of dairy. i love some cheese. I that's, like, you know, I do pizza and all that, but anyway, so that being said, it's a bacon and egg bagel on an everything bagel.
1: Okay. I think that's a very, very respectable answer. I think I would say a biscuit with a scrambled egg cheese and sausage. I do enjoy – we
0: we, we could definitely end on a positive note here. I do enjoy a sausage bagel, though, a sausage egg bagel with the patty because the patty fits with the egg. Uh-huh. That does taste good. A sausage McMuffin with egg? Yeah, good. I like that. I mean, yeah. And this is – maybe this is oh, a little sacred. Like sausage biscuit with egg. I like the biscuit. Yeah. Muffin, not yes. the McMuffin. I will go with the biscuit over the McMuffin.
1: Maybe this is a little sacrilegious, but I don't mind turkey bacon either. Mm. I think it's fine. I think for, like, the thing that I like about the bacon is the consistency and the crunch that you get from it, and you get that with turkey bacon. You just have to cook the, you know, crap out of it. So good. All right, listen, we're going to stay on top
0: of this weather thing. Bills play Saturday, so the week is kind of messed up a little bit. (laughs) We'll be back at you sometime later this week. Maybe while we do our next podcast, we'll have a little bacon and sausage nearby. We can kind of chow down a little bit and compare notes. Maybe we can do something like that. So,
1: all right, this Matt, is going to um, be the this is going to be the thing that most people remember from this episode not the bills, <laughs> not the weather. Oh, They're just going to remember know, the bacon or sausage. And I
0: know you you're going to tease
1: it. You're going to you're going to promote it as the thing that people
0: should we want to be listening to about this episode. It's all about the tease. Everybody knows <laughs> that. No, it's all about no the tease. All right, we'll come back at you later this week with another episode of It's Always Game Day in Buffalo from Matt Bowe. I'm Sal Capaccio. Thanks for tuning in.